Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 620. And if you're listening live, happy Easter. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. The boys are back. The boys are back. Yes, they're back. I mean, yes, they're back. Ruby-throated hummingbirds back in town. If you're anywhere south of Maine or Minnesota, keep an eye out. In fact, they're there now. They've been spotted in Massachusetts, New York, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, points south, out west. Rufus hummingbirds have made it up into Canada. Folks in the southwest are feeding black-chinned hummingbirds with Anna's hummingbirds ranging all through California and up into Washington State. A lot of these non-migratory birds will celebrate hummingbird migration today by giving away a Droll Yankees hummingbird feeder in this uh, week's mystery bird contest. And maybe, with time permitting, we'll get some hummingbird feeding tips from our resident bird feeding expert, Mike O'Connor. Well, here's a great spring story shared by our friend and Talking Birds ambassador, Roger Page, down in Lexington, Kentucky. He headlines it, Bird Rescue by iPhone. And he says... Part of my exercise routine is climbing the stairs to the top of a nearby parking garage. The reward is the view from the 10th floor roof. Yesterday, as I neared the top, I could hear birds in the stairwell. It was two house finches trying to escape through the large window at the top. I opened the door to the roof, but it wasn't enough of an enticement, and they kept chirping and flapping against the glass. And then it hit me. I speak house finch. I stepped outside the door onto the roof and backed out of sight. Then I brought up my Sibley Birds app on my phone, called up house finch, and began to run through the recordings of songs and calls. The courtship song was a definite no-no. The birds just froze in place. But at least they were listening. A couple of tries later, I hit song number four, Utah. I live in Kentucky, but the Utah song was close enough. In about five seconds, out came one, followed in short order by his friend. Good deed done, and thanks, David Sibley and Steve Jobs. Great story there from Roger Page down in Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you, Roger. And that's not our only story about house finches today. We'll hear from uh, one from Minnesota when we talk uh, with Mike O'Connor a little bit later. Well, if you're going to be out and about this spring in the eastern part of the U.S. looking for listening for birds, looking and listening, you'll probably hear some trilling sounds. And if you're like me, you'll probably say to yourself, what the heck was that? Well, there are some possibilities of those trilling sounds, and we're about to hear four of them in uh, a reprise of a bird song comparo or comparison and see if we might get some sense of which is which. We'll play... Three repetitions of the song of each of these birds, starting with a bird that's been spotted with increasing frequency in the past week or so in our northeast stomping grounds, the chipping sparrow. 
Then we'll hear the Pine Warbler and the Dark-Eyed Junko. And finally, the beautiful, if not beautifully named, Worm-Eating Warbler. All right, here's the sound, the kind of mechanical sound of the chipping sparrow. You've been hearing that one quite a bit around here recently here in the south shore of Massachusetts. Okay, here's the more musical pine warbler. Also hearing lots of reports of, of these guys today and hoping to see some today, as a matter of fact, after the show here. Here's the sound of the dark-eyed junco, pretty familiar bird to most people almost everywhere. Kind of a faster trill. Dark-eyed junco there. And finally, a song that starts softly and gets a little bit stronger from the worm-eating warbler. For trilling birds to listen for this spring and summer in much of North America. Now, if we could hear these birds singing at a slower speed, as our birdsong expert friend Don Krudzma tell us, tells us maybe the way the birds themselves hear it, it would be a lot easier to figure out which bird is which, assuming you're not uh, you know, seeing them at the moment. And just to give an idea of what that might sound like to the birds themselves, we'll listen to those trilling birds again. First at regular speed, then at slow motion, almost half speed. So just quickly, uh, here's the chipping sparrow at regular speed. And here it is at slow speed. You get a really get a sense of how that might sound to the birds themselves. Here's the pine warbler, regular speed, and then slowed down. Sounds a little bit like a cardinal at that speed. Northern cardinal. Okay, dark-eyed junco, regular speed. Pretty fast speed at that, and at slow speed. Sounds amazingly different. And worm-eating warbler, regular speed. And worm-eating warbler, slow speed. As soon as I finish working on my invention by which the birds automatically slow down when you hear them, we'll be report back right here on... Talking birds, four trilling birds, normal speed and slow motion style. So coming this Saturday, April 22nd, it's Earth Day, a day in which events to demonstrate support for environmental protection are held in nearly 200 countries all around the world. And this year, in light of political developments here in the U.S. and elsewhere, Earth Day will feature rallies and marches for science, representing, as its sponsors describe it, the first step of a global movement to defend the vital role science plays in our health, safety, economies, and governments. 
The flagship march will take place in Washington, D.C., and there will be marches in more than 500 other places in dozens of countries on every continent. Here in the U.S., just about wherever you may be, there is probably a march pretty close to where you are. To learn more about the March for Science on Saturday, March 22nd, sorry, sorry April, this is uh, April we're in now, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, April 22nd, Earth Day, or to find a march near you, just go to marchforscience.com. That's marchforscience.com. Something relatively new on the show is our preview of our mystery bird contest. So you'll be ready to call in uh, when we do the contest itself, and we won't run out of time, uh, hopefully. That's the, that's the aim here with our mystery bird preview. Here's, here's our, well, the sound of our, our mystery bird. Here's one clue. Our mystery bird is a large, dark songbird, usually found in the evergreen forests of the mountainous west, where it feeds on seeds, berries, nuts, insects, eggs, small mammals, and nestlings. Hmm. That's our mystery bird. Think about that. We'll play the actual contest in uh, just a little bit. I'll even give you the phone number so you'll be ready with that. It's 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Four nine hundred. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our extra, Facebook extra, page this week. It. Birds decide to wing it. Ignore custom condos extra, on Bay Bridge. Extra, read all about it. Yes, even with free rent and other enticements, the custom bird condos for nesting cormorants that Caltrans built on the underside of the eastern span of the Bay Bridge out near San Fran just uh, can't seem to find many takers. (laughs) Thinking about heading to a national park this spring or summer? Well, if you'd like to look at some birds while you're there, visit our Facebook page first because we'll connect you to a list of the 25 best national parks for birding, including highlights of what you might see at each of those parks. More about national parks here, too, on this morning's show in a few minutes. And our map is back. At least it will be right after our show today. Our Talking Birds Ambassadors map, that is. It's a map of the U.S. with most states colored in green. That means they're represented by at least one Talking Birds ambassador. Only 11 states have yet to go green. And Talking Birds listeners, please do see if your state has done so. And if it hasn't, please consider making it happen by becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. That means we'll send you some info cards about our show. You hand them out to your friends. That's all there is to it, and it's easy to do it. To sign up, just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. That's the Become an Ambassador option uh, via the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. On our blog this week, oh, those singing birds in our springtime backyards. In much of the country, that means northern cardinals and American robins, song and white-throated sparrows, blue jays, morning doves, to name a few. Well, yours truly talked about those birds and heard them sing on Boston-based public radio station WGBH's All Things Considered early this week with host Barbara Howard. If uh, for some reason you'd like to give that little five-minute segment a listen, just visit our blog page on our TalkingBirds.com website. Well, here's our conservation salute of the week. I mentioned national parks. 
Well, it's a donation that stands out even by the standards of the Johnsons, the Boston-based family behind Fidelity Investments. Tax records show the Edward C. Johnson Fund gave $29.7 million to the National Park Foundation. The gift was designated for land acquisition and was made during the historic $350 million fundraising campaign that's still underway by the philanthropic arm of the National Park Service. The Johnsons have given to other outdoors-related causes over the years, including the Trustees of Reservations, a nonprofit that protects land in Massachusetts, Camp Beach Cliff, Cliff on Mount Desert Island in Maine, and the Bermuda Underwater Exploration Institute. But rarely has the family given a single gift this large, and we humbly offer a Talking Birds conservation salute to Fidelity Investments Johnson family. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor, who offers some house finch help and maybe some hummingbird attracting and feeding advice, if time permits, on this morning's Let's Ask Mike Live segment. Also this morning, we'll give away a beautiful Droll Yankees hummingbird feeder in our mystery bird contest. And up next, a bird that's entertaining folks with its sky-dancing performances over pretty much the entire eastern half of the United States on spring evenings is today's featured feathered friend. Talking Birds is made possible in part by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says, We care about birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron.com and discover more. Everybody sings about today's featured feathered friend, like Elton John and his Philadelphia Freedom, and in many other songs, including perhaps most famously the classic My Blue Heaven, performed by folks like Fats Domino and the Smashing Pumpkins. But let's listen to another legendary star, Slim Whitman. Ah, Slim Whitman singing and yodeling about today's featured feathered friend, the whippoorwill. Sadly, this iconic bird's populations have suffered serious decline in many areas. The whippoorwill is a well-camouflaged, medium-sized nightjar of the Capromulgidae family that forages for insects at dusk and dawn and even through the night when the moonlight is bright. And the whippoorwill has a special connection with the moon, laying its eggs in phase with the lunar cycle so that the eggs hatch about 10 days before a full moon. So when the moon is full, the adults can forage all night, helping them to catch plenty of insects for their nestlings. The whippoorwill, Capromulgus vociferous. Today's Talkin' Birds featured Feathered Friend. That was that Florida boy, Slim Whitman, a singing for you. 
Thank you very much, Slim. Well, welcome again to our show, number uh, uh, 620. And uh, we'll give a plug here for our website and our Twitter and Facebook. We'll invite you to visit them. Hope you will. The website, TalkingBirds.com. You'll find some interesting stuff there. And uh, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talking Birds. Talking Birds is sponsored in part by Chimani, providing free outdoor mobile app travel guides to plan and navigate your journey to more than 400 national parks and monuments and historic sites from Acadia to Zion. Go to Chimani.com. That's C-H-I-M-A-N-I.com to download your free app today. Up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Next time you're shopping for wild bird food, look for Audubon Park. It's the finest kind, and you can choose from more than a dozen selections, including no-waste patio blends and species-specific blends. And the folks at Audubon Park encourage all who feed backyard birds to follow these important rules to help keep birds safe and healthy. Choose seed made in the USA. Fill your feeders with no more than a week's supply of food. Clean your feeders weekly with soap and hot water or a solution of bleach and water. Make your windows visible to birds to prevent crashes. Place feeders away from windows and safe from predators. Offer water for drinking and bathing and refresh it daily. Keep cats indoors. Reduce your lawn, mow it less often, and skip the fertilizers and pesticides. Plant native shrubs and trees. And keep outdoor lights as dim as possible and use them only when necessary. Simple rules for healthy birds from the folks at Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. And for a complete list of backyard bird feeding tips, visit the Discovery Center at AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. By the way, another uh, good reason to visit our website is uh, it's because you can uh, connect there to see how to listen to our show live online wherever you happen to be. And it's uh, really easy to do it. Tim and I have tried it. We were both uh, able to uh, to make it work, so it's pretty easy. Okay, well, that's, um, uh, that's a, an intro to our mystery bird contest. Uh, you can also search for Talking Birds on iTunes or Google Play, uh, by the way. Okay, Mystery Bird Contest. Phone number is 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. This would be the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a large, dark songbird, usually found in the evergreen forests of the mountainous west, where it feeds on seeds and berries, nuts, insects, eggs, small animals, and nestling. Our bird has a large head that's charcoal black, a stocky all blue body, rounded wings, a long full tail, a long straight bill with a little hook at the tip and a prominent triangular crest. That sounds like quite a bird. So what is it? Tell us or take your guess. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner of that beautiful Droll Yankees feeder. The prize today, the Droll Yankees Ruby Sipper Hanging Hummingbird Feeder. It offers a perfect pairing of whimsical fun and practical performance with multiple feeding zones so every hummer can have its own feeder. That's pretty good. 781-837-4900 is the number to call here on our Mystery Bird Contest. Meanwhile, more help with house finches and other stuff with Mike O'Connor. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. A wise person once said, although we may regret some things we do in life, the bigger regrets concern things we didn't do. 
One thing many people say they've just got to do someday is visit the Galapagos Islands, which inspired the world-changing work of Charles Darwin. Well, if you're one of those people, I say don't wait any longer. I'm Ray Brown, inviting you to go to the Galapagos with me and one of the finest small group touring companies on the planet, Sunrise Birding. Thanks to their expertise, we'll have a chance to see things other tours don't, like red-footed and Nazca boobies and flightless cormorants, along with Darwin's finches, Galapagos tortoises, land and marine iguanas, sea lions, whales and dolphins. We'll even snorkel with Galapagos penguins. I'll be your host for this trip, joined by local experts as we explore the islands via custom-designed first-class yacht. Please check out the details on this trip of a lifetime right now at sunrisebirding.com. That's sunrisebirding.com. Well, it may be Easter Sunday, but the Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod is open. It's open now. I don't know if you heard that cash register. I heard. Oh, yeah. you don't think I can hear that? I don't hear a lot of things anymore. A but man I'm who can hear a cash that. register from four miles away, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Michael O'Connor. Hey, do people uh, dress up more on Easter Sunday when they come into the store? I got nothing but slobs coming into my store. <laughs> wow. What a slogan. You can put that on the sign out front. Yeah, welcome slobs. <laughs> you know what I like to do? That's what I do today, though. I, I greet everybody with a, uh, you know, I... I kind of, uh, 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 ac- my accent gets even stronger, so I say, Happy Easter. <laughs> and half of them laugh, and the other half don't even notice the difference. <laughs> really? They well, just they... like, oh, well, that's, that's how you say it. Happy yeah, yeah, you're trying to say something here? What are you doing there? I, try, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Mike, uh, we mentioned uh, house finches earlier in the show. We had that, uh, that uh, great story from uh, down there in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, how cool um, is that? Just just like the Pied Piper with an iPhone. Yeah, it's our friend Roger Page down there. But we have a, another thing here, and this one, here's the headline on this. This is an email we got. It says, Urgent Let's Ask Mike Question. House Finch Lives Hang in the Balance. This is from Liz in St. Cloud, Minnesota. She backed off on that a little bit. She said, okay, may, well, maybe not that dramatic, but still. Here's what she says. I have a pair of house finches that have set up house in a roosting nest hanging on my garage. For the past week or so, every time I take a peek, the lady is sitting in the nest with her little face poking out. I even watched her husband bring her a nice beak full of seed one day. Now, house finch is one of the few bird species that actually do um, have um, official wedding ceremonies. um, So this morning, she says, a second pair has shown up, and they appear to be attempting to set up house themselves above the garage light, which is maybe eight inches away from the roosting nest. There has been a little chasing of each other between the two pairs, although not all the time. Here's her question. Can they successfully nest in this close proximity? I would love to have two nests, but I'm worried about the original mama. I don't want her to get chased away or abandon the nest. Is there anything I should or can do or just wait and watch? Wow, that's a mm. cool story, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what I think is amazing is this is up in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and these birds are already apparently even on eggs already at this early stage. These guys get going well, early. Yeah. Middle of April. You know, well, we were talking about the hummingbirds coming back, and mm-hmm. these birds have already apparently seem to be on eggs at this point, which is way up there in Minnesota. These house finches get going early. I think the, the last phrase of, the, of Liz's letter is probably the most important. I would just say, just... Uh, wait and watch. Mm. 
You know, as Yogi says, you can observe a lot by watching or whatever that he used to say. You know, and it's, 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 I think you would learn a lot by watching the birds. You know, we're clearly not the bird police. They don't need to tell us how, how to interact. Right. I mean, I know you want the, both pairs to be successful, and, and, I, and I, have a, I have a feeling that they will. House finches don't have a strong territory. It's not like, we'll say like a mockingbird that would beat the snot out of another mockingbird that came in the yard. These uh, house finches, typically the male just protects the female, guards the female, not so much the territory. So I would, uh, my thought is that they're probably both going to get along, and but even if they don't, that's for them to work out, not for us to intervene. Um, it's 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 a good learning experience. We'll say for the second bird, if if some, somehow they get driven out, then they won't nest as closely to another house finch in, mm-hmm. in the future. They'll, you know, it's a whole evolution process. But these birds are gregarious and they they interact pretty well. So I'm gonna my guess is they're both going to get along fine. And and I would like to hear further from Liz how this works out because I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious myself. But at this point, obviously, you don't. Do anything. Just let yeah. these guys sort it up. For the All right. Well, she said they're they're sort of chasing a little bit, but not too much. So that seems like it might be an indicator that's not a big problem. Right. Right. And then the yeah. and the male guards the female, but interestingly enough, he doesn't really do a good job. These these birds kind of, even though they set up as a pair, they have kind of they sneak off and interact with other other couples sometimes. I've heard about that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and so they, well, I mean, I'm talking in birds this case, Ray. Oh, birds, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, 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 a lot of times they've done some DNA testing on, uh, on baby birds, and sometimes there's more than one father, it turns out. Uh-huh. And, so, and House Finch is kind of noted for that. So uh, Don't do any DNA tests, Liz, but I would definitely think that um, these guys are going to work up. But let us know what happens. Do let us know. That's Liz's urgent, if not all that dramatic question, answered by our own Mike O'Connor. Thank you, Mike. Okay, hey, we'll talk to you next week, Ray. All right. Oh, and by the way, uh, we were going to talk a little bit about hummingbirds. Didn't really have time, so next week maybe, eh? Yeah, we can talk about what the formula and the feeders, the best feeders and all that that goes with that. Because there's some good, good tips in there, and there's some bad tips out there, too. All right. Which ones will you be giving us? I'll just give you the bad The bad ones. All right. <laughs> Mike O'Connor. Thank you, Mike. Okay. Talk we're to back you. to the mystery bird contest. Here's our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a large, dark songbird usually found in the evergreen forests of the mountainous west, where it feeds on seeds, berries, nuts, insects, small animals, and nestlings. Our bird uh, has a large head that's charcoal black, a stocky, all-blue body, rounded wings, a long, full tail, a long, straight bill with a little hook at the tip and a prominent triangular crest. Uh, our prize is a Droll Yankees ruby sipper hanging hummingbird feeder with multiple feeding zones so each hummer can have its own feeder. 781-837-4900 is the number on our mystery bird contest. And Lori is somewhere in the great state, the Green Mountain State, I believe that is, of Vermont. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Ray. That is right, Green Mountain State. It is. Yep, I, you've got it. I didn't want to get it mixed up with New Hampshire. That's uh, that's the uh, granite, granite yeah. state. Okay, that's, <laughs> so they're gray and you're green. You're way ahead exactly. of Exactly. All right. Well, uh, Laura, you heard our um, our mystery bird, and what, what do you think it is? I was going to guess the Stellar's J. The Stellar's J. Tim, sounds like a pretty good guess. Tim is uh, all over that one. He says yes. He's nodding enthusiastically. Stellar's J is correct. 
And not Very a bird you uh, get to see in Vermont unless you travel. No, nope, but I did see it in California. They're quite loud, and they definitely <laughs> like to steal food from picnics and campgrounds. They do. They're like those gray jays. They're the camp robbers. Right. Right. What part of Vermont did you say you are in? I'm in Underhill by Mount Mansfield. By Mount Mansfield. Beautiful country <laughs> up there in the Green yeah. Mountain State. Laurie, thank you so much. Stay on the line. We'll uh, get your address and all that and send you that beautiful Droll Yankees feeder. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, we're just about out of time on our show, but we want to remind you, if you're here in the south shore of Massachusetts on the 30th, we'll be broadcasting our show live from Wildlands Trust in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And on the 28th of May, we'll be doing our show from the L.L. Bean uh, Maine Audubon Birding Festival up there in Freeport, Maine. So those are a couple of places we'll be uh, visiting. And we're also making plans for a special trip to a yet undisclosed location in Wisconsin. We can't reveal exactly where it is yet, but we will very soon. That's our show for this morning. Executive producer, Mark Duffield. Our associate producer is Debbie Bleacher, who's also the creator of our blog here on Talking Birds. Our engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Or Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.